بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائی از دا نائنٹین آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ and exalted life of our beloved mother, Sayyidah Khatija bint Khuwaylid radiyallahu. And the last thing I mentioned was our beloved mother radiyallahu doing an unusual test to ascertain whether the Archangel Jibreel was visiting alayhi salatu wasalam, our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi salam. And she did this by taking off her head covering and when she asked the prophet sallallahu whether he was still there he said no and then she asked about what color he wears what color clothing and he mentioned white and green and then she said it is definitely jibreel when an angel is coming to you so this shows her brilliance Because she believed 100% in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She believed 100% in her exalted husband sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The only weakness was Jibreel. Whether it was him coming. And this is why she did what she did. Shaykh al-Ahadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandihlubi rahmatullah alayhi. In his Seerat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Volume 1 page 160 of the English translation. He elaborated. To sum up. Sayyidah Khatija radiyallahu's authentication of Rasulullah's prophethood was based on logical reasoning, aqli. She deduced that the man sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of such superior virtues and a fountainhead of morality of such a caliber could only be found in a prophet. On the other hand, Waraka's attestation to his prophethood was based on traditional sources of proof, i.e. naql. Based on his traditional knowledge, he concluded that this is the same Prophet وسلم, about whom Isa ibn Maryam issued glad tidings. So subhanAllah note the difference. One was aql, the other was naql. Naql is using revelation, i.e. imitation. And aql is to use reasoning. So Khatija used reasoning. And Waraka, her noble cousin, Radiyallahu, he used naql, i.e. imitation. Subhanallah, it is indeed no other than these two very ways in which a person embraces the glorious. You notice this. It's either through naql or aql, through revelation or logic. And this is also highlighted by the scholars. So now a question is posed about Waraka, Radiyallahu. So Waraka he certainly embraced Islam and he passed away shortly after the divine revelation descended. But what is his end state? So we've reports. Our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha radiallahu she relates that her illustrious husband sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لا تسبو ورقا تبنا نوفا فإني رأيته له جنة أو جنتين Do not speak ill of Waraka or curse Waraka, radiyallahu, for I indeed saw he has a garden or two gardens, i.e. in paradise. 
This is recorded in Hakim in his Mustadrak 2-609 stated Sahih to the criteria of Muslim Zahabi Sahih Bazar Ibn Asakir Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid stated Sahih Ibn Katid Sida volume 1 page 288 of the English translation stated Jayid Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in Sahih Al-Jami number 7320 and As-Sahiha number 405. So here Rasulullah why did he make this statement? Because obviously without knowledge you may say something ill or ignorant about Warak. So he said don't curse him, don't speak ill of him. <laughs> I saw him that he had a Jannah or Jannatain, a garden or two gardens. He has a special place in paradise. <laughs> in another report confirming, our beloved mother Aisha, she also related, Khatija asked Rasulullah about Waraka and said, Innahu kana kad saddaqaqa walakim mata qabla an tazhar. Verily, he took you as true, but he passed away before you proclaimed. He answered, Uriduhu fil manami wa alihi thiyaban bidu wa lawkana min ahlin nar. I indeed saw him. And when I did, I saw him wearing white garments. I therefore judged that had he been from the dwellers of the fire, he would not have had upon him white garments. So this is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 2295, in the chapter on Ru'ya, Ghareeb. Ahmed in his Musnad, number 24,367, Al-Fattar Rabbani 10-174, Mishkaz volume 2, number 103 in the chapter on dreams. Ibn Katid Sida volume 1, page 288 of the English translation. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Hassan in Sahih As-Sida An-Nabawi. Shaykh Sa'ati Rahmatullah stated Hassan. However, Shaykh Shu'ib Al-Arna'ut stated Da'if in his checking of the Muslim. So in terms of authenticity, most of the scholars state this is an acceptable report. One of the shuyukh, he... He respectfully differed because there's a slight weakness. Whatever the case, it confirms what we know about Waraka and what did Khatija ask? And this is showing her, her intelligence again. She said, He took you as true, but he passed away before you proclaimed. So this is important. Why? Because this shows that she knew the difference. A lot of people don't know why the scholars have differed about his companionship. They all agree he was a Muslim. They disagree whether he was a companion. So a person starts scratching his head because he saw the Prophet, he confirmed the Prophet, he talked to the Prophet, how could he not be a companion? And Khadija knew. Khadija said, he passed away before you proclaimed. He wasn't inviting. So the Prophet, this time he said something else. And this was during a dream. Now think about that. Rasulullah obviously receives revelation many ways. One is through dreams. And he said, I saw him and he was wearing white garments. And he says, it ill befits a person of hell to wear white. So this is why the scholars, they state that if you see a person in person wearing white who's passed away, it's a good sign. Right? So don't, don't just make these things up, this text for it. So Waraka was wearing white. So the Prophet goes, it ill befits a person of the fire. And similarly, 
In Abu Ya'la, Al-Haytabi in Majma Az-Zawaid 9-146 stated Hassan, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhu, he said, When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was asked about Waraka ibn Nufl radiyallahu he said, I saw him in the middle of paradise and upon him was a silk brocade. So now there's different reports. This is also authentic. So this indicates the Prophet saw him quite a few times. So if you look at the first report, the Prophet said, I saw him in a garden or two gardens. The second report, he said, I saw him wearing white garments. Now he's saying, I saw him in the middle of paradise. Now why is this important to clarify? When you say middle, that normally means the, cent- the central part. It means intermediate. But when it comes to paradise, the middle means the highest. The reason is paradise elevates in a dome like manna. So the middle of paradise is actually the, the highest. So what did he say? I saw him in the middle of paradise, meaning in the highest. And he was wearing a silk brocade, meaning he was wearing the garments of paradise. And in a slightly different wording, our beloved messenger said, I have seen in my dream the priest wearing silk clothes in paradise. For he believed in me. Mm-hmm. This is in Behaki, Abu Nu'im, Ibn Hisham in his Seerah, volume 1, page 249. Ibn Kathir, Seerah, volume 1, page 289 of the English translation. Sheikh Amin Dawaydar, Rahmatullah, in his Suwar, Min Hayat al-Rasul, page 121 to 122. Mm-hmm. So now what did he call him? The priest. <laughs> so imagine if anybody asks you, are there any priests in paradise? So your good reaction to that would be, what the heck is a priest doing in paradise? He, he believes Jesus is God, Son of God or whatever. And the answer is, we know of one priest in paradise. There may be more. And he goes, who's that priest? He goes, Waraka. And the prophet called him a priest. So why is that interesting? Because if you have a genuine man of the cloth, he deserves respect. Right? So when you see a genuine priest, you know, a God-fearing priest, we show respect to him. <laughs> Somebody goes, why do we show respect? He's committing shirk. <laughs> and the Prophet ﷺ described Waraka as a priest. So the scholars take from that. He goes, you know, you respect people, the, the scholars of other faiths. And he said, I saw him wearing silk clothes because he believed in me. <laughs> Meaning this is an honor. <laughs> and similarly, our beloved messenger also said about Waraka. He will be raised as a nation by himself, an ummah. Subhanallah. He will be raised as an ummah by himself. This is in Tabarani, Al-Haytami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, 9-416, stated Sahih. So what is his worth? His worth is the worth of an entire ummah. So somebody goes, how can one man have the weight of an entire nation? Because he was sincere. Because if I had the strength, I would, be, I, would, I would defend you. I would be with you, Ya Rasulullah. But I haven't got the strength. Allah is not bothered about you doing something. He's bothered about whether you intend to do it sincerely. He was sincere. So the Prophet goes, he's an ummah. Let alone in paradise, he's got the reward of an entire ummah. Which ummah? It doesn't really matter. The fact that he's an ummah in himself shows his status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, such is the immense reward and status of this most venerable man. So now, why do most scholars state he is not amongst the companions of Rasulullah? 
And the reason I say that is because when you discuss who was the first person to embrace Islam, is Walaka mentioned? No. So why is that strange? You think, well, he's definitely in the ruling. He's not mentioned at all. And the response is because he is not a Sahaba, according to most scholars. For he had not been invited to Islam by the Prophet However, this is a technical point and therefore is not often mentioned by the scholars. So can we say Radiyallahu certainly is a man of followers. Normally Radiyallahu is reserved for the Sahaba. Why? Because we know they're going to apologize. Some ulama, they say that for other scholars. And the reason they say it, this is their reasoning, is because the, the ummah have accepted the scholars. So if you've got an accepted scholar amongst the nations, like Imam Ghazali, so he's an accepted scholar. So they say because of his acceptance, we say, Allah. However, without being disrespectful to that view, that's not revelation. <laughs> Right? You need to be certain of a person going to paradise. You need revelation indicating a person going to paradise. So, inshallah, definitely, we believe that Imam Ghazali is going to, if he doesn't go to paradise, we've got problems. But if you were to say, do you put your life on that? Then you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, there you go. Why? Because whatever, however small the doubt, there's a doubt. If I was to ask you, is Abu Bakr going to paradise? 100%. Would you stay your life on it? Yeah, and my family. Right? Why? Because the Prophet said it. So when it comes to the Sahaba, there's no doubt you say Radiyallahu or Why do we say Radiyallahu for Baraka? Because of the Hadith. Otherwise, you know, it's more appropriate to say Rahmatullah. May Allah have mercy upon them. Why? Because we don't know their state. So therefore, there's no harm in saying Radiyallahu. But when you say Radiyallahu, you need to explain that. You say, when I'm saying Radiyallahu, I'm not saying he's a Sahab. You just give him a title of the Sahab. Yes, because Rasulullah said he's a man of paradise. Why isn't he a Sahab? You can explain. So this was Waraka ibn Nufal. So let me ask you a question. If that was the status of Waraka, then what is the status of her, his, his cousin? Sayyidah Khadija. <laughs> Think about that. You know, no disrespect to Sayyidina Waraka Radiyallahu. But... Is he comparable to Khadija? <laughs> Khadija actually went with the Prophet all the way. So you can gauge from this the status of our mother. And of course, it's an honor for her that Waraka, her cousin, is going to be a person of, of the highest ranks. Just to add this, a similar authentic report has been mentioned about another great Hanif and father of the renowned companion, one of the elite promised paradise, 10 promised paradise. Sayyidina Sa'id ibn Zaid. So, they are 10 companions who are promised paradise. Now, that doesn't mean there's only 10. Mm. Like some fruitcakes, right? There's only 10. There's 120,000 Zahab. So, on the old promised paradise, yeah. So, what's, what's the deal here? The deal here is the Prophet was highlighting their rank. These were the greatest of the Sahab. So, some strange things. First, they're all men. So the first thing that goes to the head is, why aren't any women mentioned? Surely Khadija should be on the list. So the response to that is, the Prophet said, what do you want me to do? Insert other things. So, you know, so the response is, the Prophet said, it. you don't start adding things. But you want to know the wisdom. So the scholars, they point out a few things. They say that these illustrious ten, they all lived on after Rasulullah. 
Every one of them. So it was as if, I'm not certain, but it is as if Rasulullah was highlighting after my blessed self, these are now your role models. Khatija passed away in the time of the Prophet. So if her name was mentioned, this is all hypothetical. Wouldn't somebody have said, why did the Prophet mention somebody who passed away in his lifetime? You get that argument. So you notice the perfection of the prophetic speech. He's divinely protected from error. Also, other great companions could be in the equation. Zayd ibn al-Haritha, the only companion mentioned by name in the Quran. Why isn't he one of the ten? Same reason. He got martyred in the lifetime of the Prophet So whatever the case, these ten are the most illustrious. Now to be fair, out of the ten, the least well-known is Sa'id ibn Zayd. So that is strange. Mm. Why? Because you would have expected every one of the ten to have, you know, major biographies. Sa'id ibn Zaid, we don't have much detail about. Mm. So, just to mention one or two things about him. So he was one of the earliest to embrace Islam. Mm. On the earliest. Mm. He had married Umar ibn al-Khattab's sister. <laughs> so he's from the tribe of Umar. <laughs> The Banu Adi, and he's married to Umar's sister, so he's the brother-in-law of Umar. He was brought up by an illustrious man, his noble father, who Zaid ibn Amr ibn Nufir. So his father was a very, very righteous man. So what do we know about his father? So Zaid ibn Amr. And we can say that he will explain why. Zayd ibn Amr was a Hanif. He kept company with Waraka. That was his company. And to cut a long narrative short, these Hanifs, there was a few of them. They thought we need to find, go out, ask the people of scripture about where guidance lies. Where should we go? So they set off in different directions. So Zayd ibn Amr, Sa'id's father, he set off in a direction. And this is in Bukhari, this whole narrative. And he comes to first to the Jews, the rabbis. And he said, if I follow your faith, like we say, what's the deal? So the rabbi was honest. He goes, you will have to take a share of the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Zayd ibn Amr thought, it's from that I'm fleeing. <laughs> So he goes, could you guide me anywhere else? So he guided him somewhere. Eventually he comes to the Christians. So he comes to the Christians, a learned Christian, and he asks him, he goes, if I follow your faith, what's the deal? And he said something also negative. And this shows that they were sincere. They knew that they had, you know, erred somewhat. So he goes, I'm looking for guidance. I don't want to be misguided. The Christian priest, he told him, the time is near that the last prophet is going to emerge. So Zayd ibn Amr radiyallahu, he said, where will he emerge? He goes, from the haram. So he goes, which haram? He goes, the Kaaba. So he's thinking, oh my God, he goes, I've just left. Because that's my birthplace. So he's thinking, I'm going straight back. So he's rushing back to the haram, Zayd ibn Amr. And as fate would have it, on the return journey, 
he is intercepted by bandits mm-hmm. and they leave him for dead they you know basically take his whatever he's got and they basically leave him for dead so zaid ibn amr with his last few breaths he made a dua he goes allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you've deprived me of seeing your messenger don't deprive my son <laughs> this is why saeed ibn zaid is one of the 10 people say why is he one of the 10 what's special about him is that the guys are looking at the space like hey, is that uh, well, you have to explain that one oh do you don't understand how powerful the parents the wise so his father made a dua he goes, don't deprive my son did allah taala deprive him no he did not deprive him he made him one of the elite so then later on look how interesting how touching this was saeed ibn zaid he was always thinking about his father This happened before the Prophet had proclaimed, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So one fateful day, he approaches the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he asks respectfully, he goes, "Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, my father grew up with you." Meaning, you know, and what was really, you know, it's actually quite amusing. He was once sitting with the Prophet before the Prophet had proclaimed, and he's giving bayan. And the Prophet testified to his bayan. In other words, I heard him make a sermon. And what was uh, Zaid ibn Amr saying? He was saying to the Quraysh, unbelieving Quraysh. He goes, "Who sends the rain from the sky?" He goes, "Allah subhanahu wa taala." He goes, "Who grows the crops?" He goes, "Allah subhanahu wa taala." He goes, "Who gave you livestock?" He goes, "Allah subhanahu wa taala." He goes, "Why on earth are you worshiping these idols for then?" And the Prophet was listening to him. So look how amazing, right? He doesn't even realize next to him is the greatest of creation. So anyway, then he also saved many children who were going to be buried alive. The unbelieving Quraysh would bury some of their daughters. He saved them. So Saeed ibn Zaid radiyallahu anhu he asked, "Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, my father believed in you. He was searching for you. Well, unfortunately, he didn't get the opportunity to, you know, take the uh, shahada at your hands." The prophet didn't say anything. So obviously, Saeed's thinking, you know, Astaghfirullah, what's happened? So where's the report? In Ibn Asaq, Sheikh Al Bani Rahmatullah Ali stated, Hassan in Sahih Al Jami number three thousand three hundred and sixty-two. Our beloved Mudassir Aisha radiallahu relates that the illustrious husband sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "I entered paradise, and I saw that Zaid ibn Amr ibn Nufail had two levels." or two ranks subhanallah i entered paradise and i saw that zaid ibn amr ibn nufail radiyallahu had two levels maqams or positions so he is a man of paradise so saeed breathed the sigh of relief because my father is a man of paradise so now what's interesting about this these are hanifs the scholars say they were and will always be hanifs those who do not have direct access to the divine revelation but strive their earnest to worship their lord the best way they seem fit but who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willing will also be forgiven so this is why we mention the hanifs so this is enough honor for these great men but there's another honor for them allah taala revealed the verse in the quran 
In Ibn Jadid and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, volume 8, page 372 of the English translation, Abdul Rahman ibn Zayd ibn Aslam, he recited Rahmatullah Ali. Surah Az Zumar, Surah 39, verse 17. Those who avoid At-Taghut by not worshipping them. He explained, this was revealed concerning Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufil, Sayyidina Abu Dhar and Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? Those who avoid Taghut Tahut is everything false. Shirk, witchcraft, you know, you name it. Those who keep away from Tahut avoid it by not worshipping it. Who was that revealed for? According to one of the Salaf, it was, and who did he mention first? Now this is interesting, even the order. Two of the three were Sahaba. Abu Dhar and Salman al-Farsi. Abu Dhar was the seventh to embrace Islam. Salman al-Farsi, you know, his narrative is famous. Who did he mention first? This is out of respect. He goes, Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufil. So note, Allah has honored him as well in the Quran because he avoided the Tawhut. And this also indicates why Sa'id ibn Zayd became one of, this is leaving aside his own virtues as well. Subhanallah, such indeed befits the mercy, kindness and justice of our loving Lord. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, all praise be to him. So note the Hanifs, we need to make an honorable mention about them on behalf. And there was others, but you can ask me after, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was basically, predominantly, the state of Sayyidina Waraka, and he is certainly a man of paradise. He is certainly a man of the highest levels of paradise. And then I mentioned the details which the Prophet mentioned about him and then I mentioned uh, an honorable mention about Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufil who is the father of Sa'id ibn Zayd are there any questions? let us سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك وأتوب إلى من يشاء سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون سلام للمرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والأصل الإنسان لفي خصر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ورواسب الحق ورواسب الصبر سلام الله